Do you ever just want to hear how the famous found fame? How the poor man became a millionaire? How risking comfort gave someone more freedom? Honestly, do you ever just wonder if everything will be okay? Welcome to the Y'all Podcast, where everyone has a seat at the table. I'm your host, Laura Jean Bell. In this space, I will share stories about life, Jesus, and the South, stories of the past and the ones that are still being written to instill hope without fear of the future. Meet with me around the table, sharing tales about the lives of others, of business and risk and heartache and joy and failure and success. Let go of the fear that hopelessness is your destiny and fill up on the encouragement that mercies are new each day. Because the best thing about a story is that there is a beginning and an end. Y'all, I am so excited for this little series that I am doing alongside my sweet husband, Cody Bell. Cody and I have been together since we were 18 years old, and our stories are pretty endless. Together, we have graduated high school, dated long distance, gone to college, interned at jobs together, graduated college, got married, got out of debt, started a business, fixed up houses, and seriously, so much more. So with all the stories that we have to share together, we decided to do a little something called Marriage Madness, a little series where we pop up in your week to share the stories that have stretched us, made us laugh out loud, and the stories that God wrote out for us together. Join us as we tell the tales of our life together so far and the crazy things that we've chosen to do. I can honestly say that life with Cody in partnership with Jesus is always an adventure and always full of stories to tell. So come sit at the table with us and join in on our adventure. We're so glad that you're here. Hey, y'all. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Welcome back to the Y'all Podcast, stories about life, Jesus, in the South. I sit down with my sweet husband. Here I am. Cody Andrew Bell. And... We share stories about our marriage, our financial journey, um, funny stories, embarrassing stories. um, But real stories. But very real stories. um, Stories that we hope can give you hope Mm -hmm. without fear of the future. Amen. Amen. So we left off our last episode telling you that we decided to buy a fixer-upper, the crappiest house on the best street. Oh yeah. Yes. So when we decided to buy this house, um, after all the navigating closing costs and really like figuring out what it looked like to buy a house, um, which let me actually just make like a shameless plug here about buying a house. Yeah. Um, if you are a first time home buyer, here's what I would give the best advice I would give. Find someone in your life that can help guide you on how to do that well, how to purchase Mm -hmm. a home well. Bring that person with you to the closing of that home. We thankfully had a lot of counsel from my dad Mm -hmm. who um, just, he's really smart with this kind of stuff. He Mm -hmm. knows what he's doing. And he actually came to our closing. And at our closing, we were being charged thousands of dollars more in in escrow. In escrow. Yeah. Um they were trying to charge us double yeah. what we were supposed to pay. Like pay a one year full escrow and then a first month's payment for the next year essentially. Yes. Like which and 
Yeah. And essentially if my father had not been in that closing with us, we would have done it. We would have done it. We would have paid it. We would have paid something that we were not supposed to pay. And, um, I won't lie. It was very terrifying to watch my father respond to that very thing. Mm -hmm. Um, he was very angry and kind of let them know that it's not okay what they were doing. Cause they were yeah. essentially tricking us into paying. Yeah. Cause we didn't know we never bought a home. Exactly. So if you don't have a father figure or a mother figure in your life that can do that, then seek counsel at a church, um, mm-hmm. call someone like find, find people who can counsel you properly on what this looks like, the best way to go about purchasing a home, how much money to put down, research everything that you know to research, because it really is a big purchase. It's a big deal. So a shameless plug on that. We were very blessed to have my dad Mm -hmm. present in that circumstance with us. Otherwise we would have been spending money and we didn't have on that. So we decide to buy this really, really dumpy house. Okay. Let's just go through the list of what made this house dumpy. Mm. Which cat did you want to talk about? <laughs> so the first man <laughs> initial walkthrough. Okay, initial walkthrough. You open the door of this house, and it's like a wall. Cat urine. Cat pee. Cat urine pee. Um, there was like cat hair floating in the air. Mm-hmm. So the pre- it was a foreclosure. The previous mm-hmm. owner owned, I think, six cats. Is what yep. the real estate agent said. Six cats. Six cats. Um, now I love cats, but it was nasty. It was nasty. It was not a person who knew how to continue to care for their home mm-hmm. with that many animals. But um, there were um, cat pee stains on the original hardwood oh, floors. Mm-hmm. Um, there was cat hair in every nook, cranny, crevice, every windowsill, in the refrigerator, yeah. in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, it smelled so bad. It smelled so bad. The house had, um, it was built in 1929 and was tilted. Um, yeah. The foundation was kind of rough, but our structural engineer said, don't mess with it. The house has yeah. settled this way. It's just going to be kind of a crooked house. So we yeah. bought a crooked house. Mm-hmm. Um, the master bathroom Cody, had all the kitty litter in the world. It had all That's the kitty litter. Where he kept, I guess, the the restrooms for the cats. Yes, kitty litter was everywhere. Yes, in the grout, in the shower, and the grout was Ugh. cracked and messed up. So this house had a master bathroom that had been added on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally built as a three bedroom, one bathroom house, and then a person in about 2006 decided to add a, um, a master bathroom and closet to this house, which actually I truly believe is like the main reason we were able to sell this house really well. But we, we go into this master bathroom that was added on and the tub was like half of the size of the bathroom. Yeah. And then right next to the tub with the toilet was just in, in the, the middle, middle of the room. In the middle of the room. Just didn't make any sense. Two just really wonky, not great shape, like pedestal sinks. Mm-hmm. Your most basic mirrors from Home Depot. Yep. Your most cheap basic tile from Home Depot. Yes. And then the closet was carpeted and the carpet was dirty. Oh, I Oh, so gross. It was so gross. (laughs) Um, So this was all added on. And we knew going in that our plan was to patch all the cracks in the walls. Mm -hmm. Because there was a lot of cracks because the house had shifted with the foundation. 
patch the cracks in the walls, paint every room. Redo the floors. Redo the floors. So refinish the hardwood floors. Mm -hmm. And then we were going to pay a contractor to renovate the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So we started out by refinishing the hardwood floors and painting the whole house before moving in. The exterior of the house was terrible as well. The landscaping. Yeah was all grown over. The house was like this forest green color with mm-hmm. a dark maroon door with a sticker mark yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know what the sticker was. It has something to do with the foreclosure. And it was and like it somebody tried to peel it and it got stuck. Yeah. And it was, oh my gosh. And the door was <laughs> stuck too. The door wouldn't open and shut. We had to shave because that down. Because of the foundation. the foundation. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was rough. And so we got to work refinishing those hardwood floors. And Cody had never done it before. Yeah. We learned from my father-in-law mm-hmm. what to do. And the two of us went to work. Yeah. Yeah. Had to go all the way to Troy, which is like 45 minutes south of us to get this specific, to get this specific floor sander an oscillating, uh, sander. Mm-hmm. And man, the worst part that's not that wasn't even the worst part Mm-mm. like sand the floors but when you have to sand the edges yes that is a nightmare so it's on your hands and knees yes. with a hand sander yes where you are just slowly going yes around an entire house yeah. so the entire house was hardwood floors the mm-hmm. only place that wasn't hardwood floors was the, bathroom. the bathrooms yeah just Wait, one bathroom just one bathroom because yeah. the that original bathroom to the house was hardwood was hardwood mm-hmm. um so literally the whole entire original house floor plan was hardwood floors. Um, and we, I did not do that with you. I did not sand with you. Cody Mm -hmm. did that with his uncle and his dad. Yeah. And then I came in for the wonderful part, the staining and the ceiling. And to be honest with y'all, I, it is one of those jobs where we, Thought every time Mm -hmm. I thought it was only going to take me two days to do this whole thing. I thought it was only going to take me and painting that house and redoing those floors took us two weeks, I think about two weeks. And we had to move into the house on a certain date because a new person was moving into our apartment Yeah, and it was important for us to get it finished. So Mm. we finished, we stayed up till two in the morning, finishing these hardwood floors all the while we were running a coffee, a sidewalk coffee cart. Yes. Where we had to be downtown at our station by 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every morning. So we were staining these hardwood floors. We did that together. We sealed them together. Mm-hmm. And then what day was it? November 1st. November 1st. Yeah. We moved 2015. Man, it's coming up. I know. Mm. November 1st, 2015, we moved into this house. Now we mentioned in the last episode that this house was kind of a gold mine and we didn't Mm -hmm. know, we didn't know it was a gold mine. Mm -hmm. So we fixed up the inside of the house. Um, We lived in renovations. Yeah. We lived in that bathroom renovation. Yes. Now just a few things. We actually wrote these down and like went back in our memory of the things that we experienced living in an unfinished house, living in the cruddy bathroom that we decided we were going to live in the house and renovate Mm. the master bathroom. Um, It made sense because we had another bathroom and we were like, we can make it work like no big deal. But this was attached to our bedroom. Yeah. So where we were sleeping was inside of the construction zone. Mm -hmm. 
which was special. Yeah. It was all really special. Dust. All the dust, oh, all the, I mean, when you renovate something, it gets everywhere. Yeah. It gets on everything. It was not until we moved out of that house that we were able to really clean yeah. everything that had gone gotten Not everywhere. Oh, mm. oh, it was terrible. Yeah. So one thing that we always talked about was, and we always laugh about this, but before we renovated the bathroom, there was one night, every time you would get out of the shower in that oh, nasty yes. bathroom, mm. it didn't matter how many times I put our rainbow cleaning system Mm-mm. to those bathroom floors, you would get out of the shower and kitty litter would kitty get on your feet. Litter. It was everywhere. And it did Never. not matter how much you vacuumed, mm-hmm. how much you sweeped. It was going to come from somewhere. It somehow. was going to come and from somewhere. Feet. And get on your feet. And yeah. it was so gross. Ugh. It was so gross. But there was one night where Cody and I were both exhausted. Mm-hmm. And we were getting in the bed. And <laughs> we look up at each other. And we're facing each other. And both of us just have our knees on the, the edge, edge of the bed, of the bed holding our feet off the edge, and we're both wiping our feet off. Yes. Yeah. This noise. Mm-hmm. Is it making that noise? Yeah. <laughs> um, wiping our feet off, and I just looked up at him, and I was like, "What are we doing? <laughs> this is terrible. Yes. Like what we are living in is terrible." And remember from our last episode, we chose to live in this house. We mm-hmm. chose to buy this house to pay a smaller month to month payment mm-hmm. of a cost of living. Yeah. So we kind of knew it was like a sacrifice as far as just like the living conditions. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't terrible living conditions. But it wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Yeah. Um, it became great. Yes. We be- we made that house absolutely shine. Yeah. And we didn't know that we were going to be able to do that. We right. really did not have experience yeah. in that. But we did that while we were renovating the master bathroom. We mm-hmm. were using the original bathroom to the house. And this was like the middle of January, early February, yeah. right? When yeah. we started renovating. Mm-hmm. Contractor said, this will take two weeks. And it took six. Yeah. Um, and classic. so, oh, classic. <laughs> Things you don't know. Yeah. Just so you know, contractors never tell the truth. So... Um, we try, we try. Yes. Cody is technically a contract Kinda, worker. Yeah. He's tends to say pretty yeah. true to his word. Anyways, we are living in these renovations. We're using the other bathroom and the plumbing in the other bathroom starts to go bad in the shower, meaning it's not draining it well. wouldn't drain. Yeah. And at first it would be kind of some standing water while you're showering and overnight it, it would, would just kind of go down. Yeah. But eventually... It just wouldn't go down. It just <laughs> wouldn't go down. And Cody and I are tightwads. Yeah. Because we're on a massive budget. We're tackling debt and we refused to pay a plumber to come in mm-hmm. and snake the drain. Yeah. This is essentially what we needed. We tried to do it ourselves. We even, I will never forget, I would take the rainbow cleaning system oh, yeah. and I would suck the water, the dirty water from our showers out of the tub before the next person would take a shower. But eventually that got old. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, we just got to take a shower. <laughs> but that again, this was in February. So, and this is a so, house built in 1929. Yes. So there's no insulation. It's None. freezing. The yes. tub is like and that water sitting overnight. Freezing, freezing cold. cold. Now this is an original tub. So it was like yeah. the hardcore, yeah. Steel. No, no, no. Uh, 
What is cast it? iron. Cast iron. Yes. Okay, so it's a cast oh. iron tub. So it just it just held it. It just holds oh. the cold. And so mm-hmm. you would step into that water. I mean, I for real, y'all, it's so <laughs> gross that we did this, but I thought I have to just stand in the water. And then one day, <laughs> one day, I found out that Cody <laughs> Well, didn't so I thought I thought that you walked in only one time and I was standing up. <laughs> so what I would do is I would <laughs> I would shower, but I was not going to stand in the water. One, it was dirty. And two, more so, not the fact that it was dirty. It was freezing cold. I'm like, I'm not going to stand in this freezing cold water. So I would straddle it, stand on the edges of the tub, and shower. I'm like, you know what? This is just my normal for today, and that's okay. It'll not be my normal for forever. It's not going to last forever. And so I was showering, and Laura just walked in and saw my head above above the shower curtain. What are you doing? I'm like. Uh, the water's just showering you know (laughs) oh man oh my gosh so this is like this is how tight money was this is how Mm -hmm. serious we were about getting out of debt and what happened was the water became too much in the tub so i used the rainbow to suction the water out and while i'm doing that the contractor and his wife are working on our bathroom now this contractor goes to church with cody and i Mm -hmm. and his wife walks in and she was like, what are you doing? Cause I would suction the water and then I have to dump it. And then I'll go suction more and dump it. And it was take, it took me like an mm-hmm. hour to do it. And she said, what are you doing? And I was like, this tub won't drain. We just can't afford the plumber. And she was like, the plumber is coming for your bathroom here tomorrow. I am going to make sure <laughs> that you do not do this anymore. Like, yeah. come on. <clears throat> like what is wrong with you? But it was that, like it was, it was that, that tight. tight. Like yeah. we just could not pay extra. And I was so mm-hmm. afraid that they were going to say, sure, we'll snake the drain for an additional $50 or an additional yeah. $100. And so <clears throat> we refused to do it, but we, we would do crazy things in the midst mm-hmm. of that renovation. But eventually the bathroom was completely renovated and it was beautiful. Yeah. We made that bathroom Absolutely, our contractor, our, contractor, yes. the, our brains. Yes, made we that had a value. vision, and he we brought had a vision, it to life. And he brought and it, it to life. Incredible. And he did it at our budget, yeah. exactly how we wanted mm-hmm. it to be. Um, we went to yard sales, and we found a, dre- a, van- a, a vanity, dresser, an old dresser, dresser. We turned into a vanity. That we turned into a vanity. A double put, vanity. Yes, yes. and we've never had double yeah. sinks again. I know. What a time. We were living we our best really life. We really took that for granted, baby. We did. That was a good time. We'll get back there. One day. One day. Um, but we put bowl sinks on top of this mm-hmm. really pretty vintage dresser that and we he, like rebuilt the top drawers. Yes. So that it would go around the, all the plumbing and we could still have storage. Yes. It's great. It was great. He moved the closet over to give us more bathroom space he created a sliding door for i mean it just it was remarkable what he -hmm. was able to do for all of that so anyways we're living in this house we're still paying off our debt y'all and just before we get into really how this house was like a gold mine Mm -hmm. i have to say that cody and i decided really and truly i prayed about our debt all the time i prayed Mm -hmm. about ways that we could tackle it. Honestly, some days I just prayed that God would just help us, like Mm -hmm. help us with the little things that are just crazy. And just one story that I want to share was that there was one day I was driving down the interstate and my brakes on my car 
like were not pumping like it and I was having to get off an exit and it my car wasn't stopping and it eventually skidded to a stop but I was very aware that my brakes were essentially going out on my car and they had to be replaced which I knew was going to be a massive expense which is what your savings account is for but it gets better because at the same time my steering wheel was rattling pretty excessively. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was a piece inside of the steering wheel that had to be replaced, but again, huge expense on a car. Um, I get a call that day from a friend of mine who was getting married and the bridesmaid's dress that she had picked out was $300. The same day, Cody gets a call from one of his best friends who's getting married and his (laughs) outfit for a wedding was a hundred dollars. And then we get home And I go to open our refrigerator and it's warm and our refrigerator went out. And you know, those moments where you're just like, this isn't good. The brakes on my car and the fix to my steering wheel was over $900 alone. So that was almost our entire savings account. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we had a $300 expense for a bridesmaid's dress, a $100 expense for a groomsman attire, and then a refrigerator went out. Yeah. That was more than what our savings account could help us with. And I remember walking into our bedroom at that house and I sat down on the bed and I said, Jesus, this isn't going to work. This just can't work. And I need you. Mm -hmm. I need you to help us. I need you to help us. Now, I'm not saying that every time you pray, something magical is going to fall from the air. But in this moment... I got a call from one of my very sweet college friends, sweet Cassie Ray Wilcox, Cassie Ray, who now works on the Biden campaign. I'm mean. It's insane. Our friends are amazing. So yeah. she um, she gives me a call and she says, "Hey, do you need a refrigerator? Because my stepdad is moving his refrigerator out of like an old field house." In Monroeville, Alabama, yeah. when she was living in Monroeville. And she was like, hey, if you need it, it's a great fridge. I mean, it's not like... Nothing fancy. It's nothing it, fancy, it works. but it works. And I was like, yes. Cassie, yes. And that night, she drove, it she drove an hour and a half mm-hmm. with a trailer attached to her car. And she, we installed this new, yeah. refri- this quote unquote new refrigerator in the house. Um mm. Which saved us like what four or five hundred dollars? Yeah. I mean, if you bought the most basic thing at Home Depot, it's going to be roughly yeah. five hundred dollars after tax. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, just little things like that actually happen for us, like mm-hmm. in our financial journey of just like yeah. struggling and like praying and yeah. like and the generosity of others too. Yes, like, yes. Yeah, the kingdom of God like really is so much more than just like our prayer, like God is constantly using other people. And like, when you Mm -hmm. feel the nudge to do something, to act like you have no idea what someone is like Mm -hmm. dealing with or struggling with or like needing in that moment. And for us, we needed the people of God. We needed the kingdom Mm -hmm. to like rally with us some days. It was, it was really hard. Um, so that's just a fun story. Um, Mm -hmm. just in the midst of like our financial journey, but, but, but we were sitting on a gold mine. We were sitting on a gold mine. Yes. Cody, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Man. Well, the refinancing process. Yeah. So <clears throat> we 
did the work on the house. Like we said, I think we mentioned it last episode. I don't think we mentioned this episode, but we bought that foreclosure for $78,900. And remember my student loan debt was 72,000. It's like, it's And we had tackled it. Yeah. We had had gotten in the, we were in the fifties. The high high fifties. Yeah. Yeah. So we were making progress, but you know, we were working all kind of odd, weird jobs, still were making a whole lot of money, but with the excess we had, we were throwing at the debt, just yep. doing the Dave Ramsey plan. Mm-hmm. Well, so we put, you know, this 12 grand into the house and refinanced it and essentially pulled out equity in it to pay off the construction loan. Mm-hmm. And I think that was it, it appraised for what, 145 at that time? Yes. I remember yeah. being on a trip for an, an admissions trip in mm. um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee oh, yeah. for Faulkner. And Cody sends me a text message and says, the house appraised for $146,000. Now, please remember that I have no idea what it what equity means. I had no idea what any of that means. Like the house appraised for one forty six, and I thought... Well, that's encouraging. We didn't pay 146,000 for it. We paid yeah. 78,000. So that's nice. Like, but what Cody then responds with is, I think we should sell the house. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, we moved November, 2015 and it was February of 2016. Yeah. So we had been living there for four months, roughly, yeah. not even yeah. four months. And Cody was like, I want to sell the I house. Sell this was the third move we had made in less than two years of marriage. Yeah. I was exhausted. We were running our coffee business. Mm. We were working a bunch of jobs. We had been renovating this house and I finally felt settled in the house. And now Cody wants to move. Yeah. Boy, bye. I was like, and he sends me the message and says, we can sell the house and pay down most of the debt. Mm -hmm. And then we can move in with your parents and pay the rest off in like, like eight months, I think it's yeah. something like it was pretty quick. It was like on the traje- trajectory that we were on mm-hmm. the budget that we were on, we could finish it in eight months. Like that's a whole lot better than I think it was what was it eight or 10 years. We had eight more years, eight more years left yeah, to on pay our, off that on our, essentially on our budgeted plan of mm-hmm. like, all right, well, this is how much we're going to pay towards this. And mm-hmm. based on this, it should take us another eight years. Well, yeah. why not just expedite that? Yeah. And we can be done in eight months. Like, isn't that awesome? So to backtrack just a little bit in January of 2016, Cody and I made a list of nine impossible dreams. Mm. So we hung something up on the wall that said, how satisfying to turn from our limitations to a God who has none. It was an AW Tozer quote Mm -hmm. and we hung it up. And then under that quote, we hung up, three things that were impossible that I desired to have three things that were impossible in that season of life. They were impossible things for us to have. So it was three things that I wanted, three things that Cody wanted, and then three things we wanted as a couple. Mm -hmm. And one of those things was to be completely debt free by 2017, which would Mm -hmm. mean that eight years of debt could be paid off in one year. Mm-hmm. That was an impossible prayer that we were praying, believing, yeah. and we just really decided that we were going to pray about our finances. Yeah. And um, I just I remember thinking, and I, I remember having this conversation with a close like spiritual friend who just said like the best way to to come up against like your financial problems is to pray about your financial mm-hmm. problems. And so 
I was praying about it. We prayed about it. We kind of like made these declarations of like, we're going to believe because our faith and our Bible says that you can ask God for anything. Um, And it also says that what is impossible for man is possible possible for God. God. Mm -hmm. So why not ask the God of impossibles to give us the impossible? So we started praying about that. And then Cody sends me this text and he's like, this is our way out. Like, this is how we get out of debt. And I said, absolutely, baby. I 100% support you. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Not even close. I was like, no. No. And I'm not having this conversation with you over a text message. Boy, bye. Boy, bye. I'm not talking to you about this and I'm not moving. Yeah. And so Cody decides in his mind that this is what we're going to do. So he continues to persist with me mm-hmm. from February to May. Mm-hmm. He asked me, are you sure you don't want to sell this? Like, you know, we could get out of debt really quick. Mm-hmm. If we do it mm-hmm. really good. And I said, no. And the reason mm-hmm. I said no is because I didn't want to live with my parents. And I thought if we're going to sell the house, I want it to pay off all of our debt. I don't want to, I don't want to sell the house and move in with my parents and then have to move again and like figure out all the things. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So Mother's Day weekend, I looked at Cody when he kind of cornered me and said, I want to sell this house. It's the best way to do it. And I said, this is the end of the conversation. Don't ask me again. Don't ask me again. And I said, all right. He quit asking. I did. He stopped asking. I really did. Yeah. He stopped asking and we went that whole summer. He didn't ask me. He did not push it. We kept living in this adorable house. Y'all, this house was so Mm -hmm. freaking cute. We had made it beautiful. We had made it our own. Like Mm -hmm. I was loving where we were living. We were living down the street from friends. We had like, we were more comfortable like with our living because our living was cheap. Like things were going really well. We felt like we could breathe. Yeah, we felt like we could breathe. Like we were both in better paying jobs. Like I was really close to work with where we were living. And I think it was early September, end of August, early September. Yeah. I was driving my normal morning route that I would drive to make extra money, make our fun money. Because at this point, I was very determined to have curtains and rugs yeah, in that house. Absolutely. And so if I wanted those curtains and rugs, I had to pay for them in cash. Yep. And I had to save up all of my Lockheed delivery checks. Mm-hmm. And so I was driving to Lockheed and I would listen to The Happy Hour by Jamie Ivey. And that day she was interviewing Shannon Martin. And they were talking about Shannon's journey, which is 100,000% different than what mine and Cody's journey was. Mm-hmm. But Jamie Ivey says, as as I'm driving, before I turn up this episode of The Happy Hour, I have a thought, a voice in my head that says, how bad would it really be if you sold your house and lived with your parents? Mm. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do that. And so (laughs) that's dumb. That's stupid. I'm not going (laughs) to do that. So I turn up my podcast. And Jamie Ivey says, next up is the story of a woman who sold her house, not because it's what she wanted, but because it's what it was God's will for her life. Mm. And I, I just got chills. Mm. It's so crazy. God, I love hearing the story. God comes after us in so many ways. And so Mm. I literally said, okay, God, 
if you want me to sell this house, I need one more confirmation. And this is what a, like, what an attitude of mine, right? Like, I'm not going to do it. God gave (laughs) me two bones and I was like, I need three. But I said, if you want me to sell this house, then tell Cody to ask, like Cody has to ask me again. I need you Mm -hmm. to tell Cody to ask me again. And if Cody asks me again, I will say yes. And so, and mind you, this is a conversation between me and the Lord. I did not tell a single soul. Mm -mm. I was essentially alone most of that day. Like I went to work, but I didn't talk to anybody at work about it. Um, And so I come home, I'm at the house. Okay. He walks in the door. Mm -hmm. He sits down in the living room with me and he said, I said, how was your day? And he said, it was good. Okay, I know you said the conversation was <laughs> off the table, but I have to ask you one more time. Just one more time. Just one last time. Can we please sell the house? It was like the first thing that came out of his mouth. Y'all, this was all in the same day. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I was like, Yes. Okay, let's do it. Let's sell the house. Uh, Cody, what did that like? What happened was- that day that triggered you to ask me again? I don't know. Being, I think just being into, I was so deep into Dave Ramsey, like so serious. Yeah. Um, he was, it was like annoying. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I would essentially listen to Dave Ramsey podcasts and like hear people's stories and be so, I don't know, just encouraged and like seeing how people would make this decision and it shifted their lives. And it's like, Mm -hmm. so I knew we like, we've got to make, a choice because yes, we can keep doing what we're doing, but we're just going to keep, you know, got another eight years. Mm-hmm. Just going to keep paying this off. And I didn't want to wait eight years. Mm-hmm. Like that's a long time. Like yeah. we would still be paying it right now. Yeah, we had would. we, had we stayed so insane. I'm so annoying. House. I like hate when annoying. I'm annoying. Whatever. <laughs> but <clears throat> so my guess is it was probably something somebody said in the podcast and I'm like, I've, I've got to at least try one more time. And if she gets pissed, so be it. She's not going to divorce me over it. Yeah. At least I hope. <laughs> um, so I think that was kind of like, hey, just ask. Like, so it's what, just so the Lord. Yeah. 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 And so came home. because so I was just like, you know, we could sell this and like, in just months be done. Yeah. Like it would be that easy. Yeah. Well, so when I said yes, what did that make you feel? Shocked at first yeah. because of all like just like the pushback of like not wanting to do it. Yeah. Um, was shocked was the first, and the second was like, "Holy crap, we're doing this!" Like, yeah. Let's let's go. So when Laura Bell gets on something, mm-hmm. things have to be done very specifically and very strategically. Mm-hmm. And so Cody was like, let's put it on the market tomorrow. And I was like, no, um, it is not ready to go no. on the market. And this has to be cute this way. Everything has to be good. And mm-hmm. so we, I called the real estate agency that mm-hmm. we originally asked them about this house. And I said, mm-hmm. can you come over and somebody like, what do we need? To what do? do we need to do? And so our, the real estate agent that we to this day use, yes. who we did not originally use to purchase this house, she shows up and she walks around the house and she points out everything that needs to be done. The biggest thing she said was you need to take care of the exterior. So at yeah. this point, the house was still really ugly on the outside, but the yeah. inside was gorgeous. Yeah. So we had terrible <laughs> landscaping. 
the was outside still green. was still green. And this, the struggle with this house too, is that it was a historical marker house. Yeah. So this house had to be like a specific color. Like we could only use yeah. a certain color palette. Um, but we decided, okay, we're going to spend maybe like 2000 more dollars. Yeah. And do landscaping and do landscaping and paint the outside and paint the outside. And so my father-in-law came and just really tackled that with Cody. We patched up issues that we had just left undone in mm-hmm. the house, um, yeah. all throughout the house. Mm-hmm. We spent probably about three or four weeks, like just yeah, really slowly. Getting yeah. Getting yeah. everything ready to put on the market. And this is where it gets even crazier. Mm-hmm. This real estate agent said this house could sell for $180,000. And when we did the math, if we were able to sell the house for $180,000, we could pay off every single penny of the debt. We could could sell the house and move in with my parents. And that was going to be our goal. We talked to my parents. They didn't mind. And our goal was that we would pay off all the debt live with yeah. my parents and save back up for another fixer upper. Cause at this point we were like, let's do another fixer upper. Cause yeah. we can make it what we want it to be and buy like right. a cheap house. And so we went to have the house reappraised to sell it. Sell it yeah. And because of that waiting period where I was a stubborn jerk to my husband, <laughs> The Lord was working. The Lord was working mm-hmm. and he had a specific timeline that he needed us to sell this house in because in that time frame, a house down the street from us sold for $125 a square foot, right? I think, yeah. 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 And because of that, it was a comp for our house mm-hmm. and it made our house appraised for $180,000. Mm-hmm. And within 10 days of the house being on the market, we sold it. We got an offer for full asking price and we sold that house. And on January 12th, 2017, we paid off Sally Mae. Sally Mae back. We paid off all of our student loan debt. That was in one year yeah. from January 2016 to January 2017. What yeah. was our final amount, like our leftover remaining amount that we had to pay? It's like 56,000, 56, yeah. 56,000. Like 56 and some dollars and change. Yes. We had, we paid off the construction loan. We paid yeah. off um, the real estate agent. We paid the closing costs. We yeah. paid the mortgage on the house and we had to fix the foundation on the house. Yeah. And which, thankfully, thankfully we knew a guy. So yeah, that was, that was, that was one of the, uh, the guy who bought the house. That was one of the stipulations like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll buy the house, but you need to fix the foundation. And yep. kind of like, well, the structural engineer told us a couple of years ago, like, don't mess with anything because you could affect Other something things. else. So it's like, it's settled. Just leave it be. But this guy was pretty adamant. And so I was like, all right, well, we can do it and we will do it for this price. Yep. And, you know, we were, we're, we're the, probably the cheapest in town when it comes to doing foundation yeah. work. So he was just like, all right, yeah, I'll go for it. And we, we did it according to a different structural engineer, but it's the, who this guy wanted to use. Yep. Not that important. But, but we were able to fix that up. Mm-hmm. We sold the house. We paid off all of our debt and we yeah. went to live with my parents. And how long did we live with my parents? Eight months. Eight months. Eight. The amount of time that we would have lived with them to pay off the remaining debt was the amount of time that we lived with them where we were able to purchase a new home mm-hmm. and renovate it yeah. and move. Yeah. Um, God is so strategic in that. And it's like, yeah. 
it's amazing it how is. that all unfolded. Oh, geez, that scared me. How it all unfolded. Um, <clears throat> but in that time frame, this because of this whole venture of just trying to lower our cost of living, the Lord set us up to really learn how to do something new in mm-hmm. like a career field. Yeah. And um, in the time frame of searching for a home, we would go have coffee at our friend's house who these friends actually lived in an apartment that was a part of a duplex mm-hmm. on a street that had a lot of multifamily homes on it. Yeah. And one day we saw a multifamily home for sale on the same street as our friends. And we looked at it and we thought, eh, maybe. Yeah, maybe it would be fun to live near our friends. But we had dinner with a couple of friends and a guy that was there actually owned a bunch of rental properties. Yeah. And he said, what you ought to do is buy a duplex, rent out the other side and have your mortgage paid for it. Now, you're, mm-hmm. this is a guy who is talking to two people who just paid off so much money that yeah. we did not have 954.58 that we had to get rid of. We got to pocket it every yeah. month. And so now we're thinking we want somewhere that's really cheap that we can fix up, make it our own and mm-hmm. still have a cheap mortgage. Yeah. And then this guy pops in and says, buy something cheap, make it what you want it to be and then never have to pay for it because you'll yeah. run out the other side. And we were like, mind blown, mind blown. Yeah. This is exactly what we're going to go yeah. do. So we went and put in an offer on this duplex that dozens of people had offered on. And we didn't even have the highest bid. We didn't. But the craziest part of it is that the the two owners were cousins. Um, Mm -hmm. They had inherited from their grandparents. Well, their parents, their mothers lived side by side in this duplex and both of their mothers had passed away. Mm -hmm. And they decided to sell this duplex And even though Cody and I offered one of the lowest offers for this um, duplex, we were chosen because we were a young couple that had just moved from Cloverdale (laughs) and they grew up in Cloverdale and just thought how sweet for a young couple from Cloverdale to get to have this place. And it was this like kind of incredible story of just like how we somehow beat out all these other yeah. people who wanted to own this property. Totally the Lord. It was totally oh, yeah. the Lord's favor. It was the Lord setting us up to mm-hmm. be able to buy more property. Um, yeah. We end up, and we're going to share it in another podcast. We purchased the triplex next door and another it, single family and then another duplex. Yes. And that <laughs> buying the triplex really helped yeah. Cody get into the idea of owning and managing real estate. Um, but it was all because we fought for our finances mm-hmm. and we leaned into what the Lord really needed us to do. Yeah. Some people, it's going to take them 10 years to pay off all their debt. And we're very aware of that. But um, our story looked a little bit different. And we're mm-hmm. so grateful for that because yeah. God really set us up. But in the process of being able to, in one full swoop, pay $56,000 mm-hmm. off, we we hunkered down and we fought for it and we would have continued to hunker down and fight to be debt free for eight more years. If that was what our story was going to be. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That totally would have been what we would have done. So this whole process, um, is just something that we, we always point back to the crappiest house on the best street. Mm -hmm. Um, and how God like moved in our marriage and like did something where, um, 
he showed Cody the art of honoring a wife's request, even when mm-hmm. she's being a little toot. And, <laughs> um, and taught me that I have to listen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also that like in the process of doing all of that, that like God doesn't stop working. Nothing is wasted. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing is wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the coming episodes, we'll share with y'all, um, more about our journey in real estate and kind of how we learned to yeah. do it and how we ended up <laughs> how we ended up buying this duplex, renovating it. The stories yeah. from buying yeah. that duplex, um, from buying the triplex, yeah. and how we um, landed in kind of mm-hmm. real estate management yeah. and how we learned to um burr 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 buy rehab rehab rent rent refinance refinance repeat, repeat. Um, we learned the art of all of that thank so, you bigger pockets yes bigger pockets episode we will um give them a lot of applause in mm. coming episodes but um thank you all for listening this is always really fun mm. to share yeah. the stories that cody and i kind of lived together and the perspectives that each of us kind of had mm-hmm. um from the journey do you have anything else you want to say baby no, I think um, one of the biggest things was learning how to steward what the Lord has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was <clears throat> a big part of the journey, uh, just from stewarding the finances and just honoring Him with it. Yeah, um, something that was big that I learned, and mm-hmm. it's hard. It's really but hard. Anything worth having is it's going to be hard. Yeah, but. Yeah. We know what it feels like to see what everybody else has mm-hmm. and know that we don't have it. Yeah. Um, we were never what we, we, I would never consider us like impoverished, Yeah. but we definitely lived below the poverty yeah. line. Um, yeah. we and we know we what it feels like. a lot like. of sacrifices. We made a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. And we still, we're still making sacrifices today, Yes. but <clears throat> we do so just for the future, like yeah. of knowing, all right, if we just sacrifice for the next year or two, mm-hmm. we're setting ourselves up big time yeah. for the next few years. Yep. We're setting our kids up mm-hmm. right now. We only have one, yeah. you know, would love to have more, but yeah. uh, you know, that, that is a, a just very future thinking of, okay, what can we do today? What sacrifices like that are, that we can set ourselves up and set our kids up like, yeah. Yeah. It's all about that and like mm-hmm. really looking into it. One of the um one of the biggest things to me, I can remember feeling really frustrated in the journey and thinking to myself, I think the Lord just kind of intervened in some really negative self-talk that I was buried in just look, looking at mm-hmm. our bills. And I just remember the Lord like intervening and being like in 40 years, do you still want to be working on this? Mm. Or do you want this to be over in 10 to where you can enjoy your kids and your kids don't have to carry the weight of this? Like your kids Mm. can walk in freedom and financial freedom because you fought hard in these early years. Um, So we know, we know what hardship looks like. We know what it looks like to sacrifice. Um, And we live in a currently live in a two bedroom, one bathroom apartment in a triplex that's in the middle of all of our tenants. And we have my great grandmother's crappy recliner 
um, <laughs> that we didn't buy a pretty glider when I got pregnant with mm-hmm. our first baby. We went to my parents' garage and had to clean up this nasty recliner. Mm-hmm. Um, we have my grandparents' old couch and a flea market chair that we got into a fight in. $40 fight. A $40 <laughs> fight in the first few months of our marriage. And we have a hand-me-down um, wingback chair that was my aunt's. Cody made our coffee table and our side table in our living room is from a hotel. So and a piano that was given to us for free. Yes. Oh, and the $3 table from the yard sale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that just alone is our living room furniture. So we've been married for five years mm-hmm. and we don't have all the fancy things. Our house is not immaculate. Is it beautiful? Yes, but it's not immaculate. It's not a fine home, but it's just the little steps that we continue to do to set ourselves up for success. So learning to be content, learning to be content with what you have. God's given us all so much. Absolutely. So anyways, y'all, thank you for listening. Me and Kenny really enjoy this. At least I really enjoy it. I do. Okay. Love you. I love you. Y'all, thank you so much for listening in today. I hope that this story left you encouraged as you go about the rest of your day and week to stay full of hope without fear of the future. If you want to follow along with updates, blogs, and more episodes, head over to my website, Laura Bell Writes. That's W-R-I-T-E-S dot com and subscribe to stay up to date. If you want to follow along on social media, you can find me at Laura underscore Jean underscore Bell, or you can find me at at Y'all Podcast. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified for every new episode. I'll talk to y'all soon.